Second Cinema, the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Hello everybody and welcome to the debut edition of Sick on Cinema. I am one of your hosts, John. I am your other host, Brad. And, uh, yeah, this is the first episode. It's always weird to try to start off the first episode. Yeah. I never exactly know what to talk about. Um... Maybe we can start with saying that the audio on this one's going to be a little funky. Yeah. We do not have headphones yet. We do not have microphones. So if you hear any noise in the background, just... Like, I'm it. sure at this point right now you can hear the air conditioning going. And I'm sure you can hear my brother in the living room listening while watching the show Street Outlaws. <laughs> so, hang with us. I've already got one microphone ordered. <laughs> Another one's coming down the road as soon as I get paid again because I work at a Dollar General store and I don't get paid very well. Yeah, I don't get paid at all. So, yeah, you just, you're bumming off me. Uh, yeah. But what is Sick on Cinema? Maybe that's what we should go into next. Sick on Cinema is a podcast that we're going to do here. Mm-hmm. Clearly obvious now. Very obvious. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be us talking about the darker side of cinema. Yeah, as the intro says. Sorry. See, yeah. <laughs> Sick on Cinema. The podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. And what will we be discussing today? We're going to be discussing Marion Dora. And his sick twisted movies. German extreme filmmaker, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, disgusting is the best way to describe <laughs> what he yeah. makes. But uh, let's talk a little about what, the, what we're going to discuss in our podcast. To give an idea. like the It can range from... Extreme disturbing movies, mm. gore fests, weird artsy movies. Yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna accompany a whole plethora of film. More than likely, we're not gonna be talking about mainstream movies no. a lot. And we're not trying to sound pretentious over here. No. And be like, oh, we don't like mainstream movies because we watch mainstream. We movies love. A lot. Yeah, we love like the Halloween movies and the Friday things. Oh, yeah. But. Yeah, <laughs> but. There's plenty of podcasts out there that tackle that. Yeah. A great one, 22 Shots of Moods and Horror. Check that out. They do it, and they're going to do it way better than we could ever hope to do it. Yeah. So, we're going to leave that to them, and we're going to discuss these weird movies. <laughs> these weird movies that a lot of people wouldn't cover on their podcast. Right. So, before we discuss Marion Dora, what have you been up to, Matt? School. School? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. <laughs> the Perils of a High School Boy. Not getting molested by your teachers. <laughs> no, they think <laughs> no one's taking you back. I'm like, hey, <laughs> just like, hey, don't know, boy. Hey, little boy. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> I prefer a little younger, but that's a perfect way to start a podcast. Start talking yeah. about child molestation. You talk about school. Feely, <laughs> not school. <laughs> Maybe we both shouldn't take drinks at the same time. Yeah, that's, that's probably a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Just complete silence when we sip on our drinks. And I'm sorry if my loud, obnoxious laugh like rapes your ears. <laughs> and like I said, hopefully by the next episode we will have <laughs> microphones. Because we're using a uh, Zoom H249, I believe it's called. And it has great built-in mics. They're 
They sound fantastic, but you hear a pin drop. They everything like you're hearing the the chair squeak and everything. Hold on, I heard you just brush past the microphone. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, people. I just killed their ears again. Um, we're, we're sitting in my bedroom. Yeah, and these <laughs> terrible chairs that are squeaking. Yeah, especially that one. That one's all messed up. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we need to get to the movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I think we've discussed uh, our lives enough. Yeah. We didn't discuss about what you've been up to. Uh, Dollar General sort of garbage. <laughs> I had this woman come in the day, right? And I'm not going to say where I work because I don't want people going and finding me. Yeah. Not that that would ever happen, but you know. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe. Uh, and this woman came in and she's like, oh, I ran out of gas. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> this is crazy. And uh, yeah, I gave her the phone and someone came and got her. <laughs> John, I know this isn't funny, uh-huh. but I had to laugh a little bit on the inside if we did this podcast and you got fired because you're talking <laughs> about the whole general. Oh, I can only make my life better. <laughs> <laughs> that place is a soul-sucking hellhole. <laughs> well, anyway, let's get to the Anyways, movies. so today we're talking Marion Dora. These movies are nasty. I tried to find out as much as I could about Marion Dora. And there's just not a lot of information about the guy. No. But I did, as we talk about these movies, get a few tidbits from a pretty good interview done by Severed Cinema, which is, if you're into extreme weird movies, they're a great website. I have uh, used them many a times to discover. And they interviewed Mario Dora, which it's one of the only interviews I've ever seen with the guy. <laughs> I don't even know what he looks like. I know, neither do I, really. Like, there's an interview on the DVD of Voice to Gatiss, but he's all, like, blacked out. So, it's really bizarre. Is that even his real name? I don't know. Maybe it ain't. Um, so, the films we're going to be discussing is Cannibal, Voyage to the Gatiss, and of course, his magnum opus, The Angel's Melancholy, or what is it? Melancholy Daringil. We're, we're from we're the from, South. Yeah, we're from the South. So, don't so we're going to say The Angel's Melancholy. <laughs> melancholy. The Angel's Melancholy. So, I guess what we're going to start with is 2006, Cannibal. So, a little bit of backstory about Cannibal before we, uh... If you don't know what Cannibal is, uh, the first time I was... Sorry, that's noise. <laughs> the first time I became aware of Cannibal was, uh, Unearthed put it out. Yeah. Uh, and Unearthed, you know, they're a pretty dang good company. That I, I like a lot of their stuff because they've always kind of, you know, catered to the more extreme cinema. Yeah. Um, something about this movie also is... We apologize. Yeah, this, this episode's going to be a little funky, but bear with us. It's probably going to be a very not-so-good episode. But anyway, this is about an actual crime case. Yes. Uh, Armin Muse, Armin Muse, I think. Armin Muse, something like that. It sounds like, his name sounds like a cat. Uh, and there's no spoiler in this. Basically, what it is is it was a guy who went on a message board looking for someone to eat. Yeah. And the guy answered him, and they got together, and they had all kinds of fun sex, and and then, and then he they, ate him, and then he ate him, and yeah. he ate him, and that's Cannibal in a nutshell. Uh, so Marindora is friends with. Uli LaMail. Uli now is an interesting figure in film. The man started out making movies like Tenderness of the Wolves, which is probably a movie we might cover on the podcast one of these days because Arrow put it out. And it's kind of underrated. It's a really cool serial killer movie. Yeah. 
But in the early 2000s, he started working with Lionsgate, making the absolute shittiest movies ever made. He did a whole line of uh, serial killer films that are terrible. And one in particular that isn't a serial killer movie, but it's called Mummy Maniac. And it's regarded as one of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> I want to watch this now. Uh, so Marindora made Cannibal mm. for Uli LaMail, for Lionsgate. He was doing Uli a favor. He's like, hey, Uli. Let me uh, let me make this one for you. Let me, let me get, do you a solid. Let me do you a solid. Let me do, let me let me hook you up. <laughs> I got you. I got you. And uh, after looking at it, Uli was like, "We can't show this to Lionsgate. <laughs> like they ain't gonna take this." But when you watch the movie, you can understand. You why. can understand why. So let's let's just get into the film. Um, the first thing in in Cannibal and in in Marindor in particular that I noticed is uh his movies have this weird dreamlike atmosphere to them. Yeah, and I think like, me and you talked before, before the podcast, and they kind of just look dirty almost. They sometimes. do. They have a very gross like feeling to them. Yeah, that it's amazing how he's able to do it, and and we'll talk about more about that in Voyage to Gatiss. I feel because like you know in in this one and in Angel's Melancholy, he uses a lot of a lot of smog, a lot of fog, yeah. you know, a lot of smog. <laughs> And he creates this atmosphere to it where, you know, I think I said in my notes here, which, you know, you're going to hear me turn on my pages. Um, you will hear everything. Uh, he, yeah. His movies almost have a weird fairy tale quality to them. Mm-hmm. And this movie, the intro of that, uh, more so than any other ones, that is literally this, I think it's a, I think it's a grandmother. <laughs> I think so. Reading uh, Hansel and Gretel to what we assume is... Uh, the young cannibal. Yeah. Which the characters in this film don't have names. They're just known as the cannibal in the flesh. Cannibal in the flesh. Which, I mean, of course they're not going to use the actual people's names. Right. I mean... When they could have, I guess. I mean, it's a... Uh, I mean, yeah, it's... In real life, the guy got caught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Which, you know, it brings up an interesting uh, discussion, because it's like... Should he be charged from... I mean, like, okay, hold on. Let me, let me, like... Let me take a step back here before I start saying something crazy. The guy murdered somebody. Yeah. That's a but he kind of wanted it. I mean, in reality, it's still murder. It's still murder. <laughs> I understand that, that you know, and it doesn't excuse them that you killed somebody. But, I don't know, it's weird because, like, the guy wanted to get eat. Yeah. You know, he was hooking him up or he was doing him a <laughs> like, oh like, my god. Like Dora was doing LaMail. He hooked him up with the... Uh... Maybe that was just kind of like a hint at like their relationship, I guess. <laughs> I guess Before so. Before it crumbled to pieces because <laughs> this movie. Um, so the cannibal is played by Castor and Frank, who we'll... Talk about later We'll on. talk about later again. And, uh, you know, I think he's a, he's a very good actor. Mm-hmm. Odd looking man. The addition we have was dubbed... Which I'm not sure, I can't, like, it's been so long, because the Unearthed uh, version, I believe, is out of print, so I imported a version from the UK, Yeah. and uh, it was dubbed, but I can't remember if the uh, Unearthed one was dubbed or not. But it felt to me that, like, the actors were dubbing it, because that sounded like yeah, Pastor like and him. Frank, you know? But what were you going to say before I interrupted you there? I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> okay, well, but, uh, sorry. Uh, Cash and Frank... The guy, you know, he he's fearless. 
<laughs> yeah, and he shows his body a lot. He shows his body a lot, and he's you know, and no offense to the dude, because I think he's a really good actor, and I really like his performances. He's a bit of a dumpy fellow. A dumpy? He's not fat. Yeah, he's had this weird body type where it's like he's not fit. Yeah, he's not fat either. Exactly, and uh, he just kind of has this weird like like dumpy body. It's hard to even explain, but. <laughs> The guy's fearless, because, like, in this film, and even more so Later on. in The Angel's Melancholy, he he shows it a lot, first of all. And he, what he is willing to do is insane. is insane. I don't think you could convince most people to go as far as he does. I don't know how he was anyone to do. We'll, uh, we'll get to that later. Never right. Mind. God. Uh, so one of the first, like, kind of problems I had with the film, and... Uh, was when they were supposed to be messaging each other on a message board. It was so obvious they were typing in a Word document. I don't know if you noticed this <laughs> yeah, or not. Yeah, I was watching I was like, that's Word. That's Microsoft Word. <laughs> that's Microsoft Word. But, I, mean, a, you know. I mean, you could have just used, like, the, uh, I'm not going to complain. A lot, you know, and I've not quite pinpointed what it means, and maybe if you're listening to this, you could, like, help us out with it. Yeah. Dora, in every single movie that we've seen of his uses dolls. Yeah. Also, before you listen to this, probably should watch these movies first. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not a bad idea. Although, we're, I don't, we're gonna try not to, like, spoil things. Spoil too much, you know. I mean, well, this one is not much to spoil because it's real. It's based on a real, based stuff, on real so. case. I mean, like, if you know the, uh, you know, if you know the real case, then it's, you know. It's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny in my notes, I had, I put a, there's so much gay sex in this movie. <laughs> when in reality, there isn't. Like, when you're yeah. watching it, there's like, there's really only one sex scene. Yeah. Which has this hilarious horse sound effect added into it that... <laughs> I was so confused. I was I, too. I was watching this movie with headphones on. <laughs> because, I don't know, I just felt like watching the headphones on. I heard the horse was like, woo! <laughs> I was like, whoa, wait a minute, that doesn't go there. And it has a, you know, there's there's very little dialogue in the film. Yeah, there's not a, very, a lot of dialogue in this movie. Which, you know, I actually think works well with this yeah. film, you know. You don't really need it. The visuals um, provide you the... Which, Mario Dora's visuals are, that's like one of his strongest attributes, I feel. Yeah. Like, he creates such an interesting world. Like, all of his films seem like, all of his films feel like they take place in the same universe. Yeah, you know, but at the same time, it, like it can be like far distance from each other, right? And something I'll, I'll mention later on as well is that the house in this movie looks a lot like the one. Yeah, it does. But <laughs> um, the first half of the film, like the two men, like it's it's a love story. Yeah, it's a straight romance for the first I don't know hour. Yeah, but probably like roughly hour, and then like the last forty minutes. It's kind of like the movie Audition, which I don't know if we'll talk about that on here or not. We might one day, you know. We're definitely going to discuss Mikay at some point. Yeah. But I don't know if we'll talk about Audition or not. But, <laughs> like, the movie starts off and it's normal with, like, weird stuff happening here and there, which kind of happens here. Like, there's a few things that happen in this that kind of, like, lead up to that. Mm-hmm. The la- it's like the last few minutes is what is the rough stuff happens. <laughs> it's interesting, too, because, like, you know, being a straight male, yeah, I figured that like the romance stuff, I would be like me, and then the gore <laughs> stuff, I'd be like hell yeah, right? 
Yeah. But really, it was the opposite. Like, I felt like once the gore started, I actually kind of became less interested in the film. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Mainly because the, 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 I thought the two guys were just, they were kind of likable. Yeah, I mean, they were, like, two guys, like, you could go hang out with. Right. Except for one ate the other and went to jail. <laughs> I found, uh, when they first meet each other, the flesh, like, right before he gets in the vehicle, mm. he, he said a line that I found very interesting. Where he's like, I don't want to suffer. Yeah. Which, with how everything plays out at the end of the he's film. First. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it seems like he wanted that, though. Yeah. It's like, it, I don't know. Because, you know, what, you know, I guess now we're, we've kind of gone past the uh, the romantic aspect of it. Yeah. And uh, what we haven't talked about, we can briefly discuss, is the score. The score is fantastic. That's another thing with Mario Dora's movies is the score and the visuals are fantastic. And the score is not what you would suspect. No. Like, it's not very, like... <laughs> it's very methodical and... and, and it, it creates a haunting atmosphere, but it's also, like, it's very... Like, the best way to describe it is, like, romantic. Yeah. You know? Uh, what's that? That was my brother talking. Oh, okay. If these walls to talk, you could hear every <laughs> word right now. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> when we get to the the violence aspect of the film... The guy, the guy suffers. The guy suffers. A but lot. he's also, he is the one driving the whole thing. Yeah. It's not the cannibal that's doing everything. He wants it. Like, he's like, bop my penis. Which is a horrendous scene. Yeah. But when the cannibal can't go through with it, and he can't, you know, rip it off with his teeth, he's like, you're weak. You're weakling. <laughs> he just keeps pushing him. Right? So it's like... It's so strange that at the beginning of the film, he's like, I don't want to suffer. Yeah, he's like, yeah, just bought my D. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> the cannibal, like, he really becomes, like, not in control. Yeah. Of what's happening. It, it, in, in a way, like, in the real crime case, we, I mean, there's supposed... Yeah, we don't really quote, know, unquote, you know. ...footage of this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, I'm not too sure about that. All I know is it's not been released mm-hmm. in, in any... And, you know, you bring up a good thing is that they actually did film... Yeah. And as I watch this movie, it's like, I cannot believe that these human beings existed. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. They still... The people like this still exist. Like, you, you know, you hear about cannibals. Like, yeah. you know, I'm reading a book right now about Albert Fish. Mm-hmm. Um, very good book, too, uh, called Depraved. Is it depraved or deranged? I, I'm pretty sure it's... Look it up for me. <laughs> so it's we get... deranged. Deranged. Um, it's a very good book by Albert Fish. So cannibals, we know these people exist. Yeah. But what I've never really heard of is someone who's like, I want to be eaten. <laughs> We've always heard of cannibals and like, yeah, I eat flesh. But you never heard of someone like, I want a cannibal to eat me. Yeah, I want to permanently be a part of somebody. Which is a weird thing, too, because, like, I believe, like, Jeffrey Dahmer, like, you know, he's like, I want these people to be a part of me, right? Yeah. But they're only a part of you for a brief amount of time until you shit them out. <laughs> yeah. That's the part of me that I think is the most disturbing. Like, if someone, like, if I was like, killed and eaten by a cannibal, it's like, I, I'm, I'm not okay with that, but I don't want to be someone's shit. Yeah, I don't want to become feces. <laughs> um, so, eventually, you know, they start 
doing the business. Yeah. <laughs> and one scene that affected me <laughs> greatly is this, this is fucking is when they cut the man's dick off. Oh. Which again, this is not spoilers because this is all what happened. Yeah. Uh, he pees through his dick nub. <laughs> and that, for some reason, that I was like, oh, 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 oh. like this is too much. This has gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> and almost, I feel like it's one of the most disturbing things in any of his movies, and I cannot put my finger on why that disturbed me so much. It didn't much. bother me as bad as it did. You. It really got to me. I was like, that is horrifying. I was just in there watching. I was like, mm, great. Another fact about the actual case is during an interview or something like that, he said. Like, he was talking about when he chopped the guy's penis off, and, and we'll discuss here in a minute, he eats it. Yeah. He he, he says it was too chewy for his liking. <laughs> well, you know, there's not a lot of meat there. It's mostly it's just, muscle. It's mostly muscle and, like, cartilage and stuff, yeah. so. Um, so, yeah, he uh, he basically filled dresses him like a pig, yeah. puts him up, slaughters him, cooks and eats him, and it's, uh, you know... Like I said, like it is strange to me that I felt like that part of the movie kind of started losing my interest a little bit. Yeah, well, same same here because I mean it's just him. It's literally just him just like disemboweling this guy, which is cool. The effects are awesome. Oh yeah, and that's another thing in Darner's films; these effects are fantastic. Oh yeah. Um, however, I don't know. It was just like it just seemed to like lose a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it feels like whenever. They're about to, they're, when he's about, when, sorry, when, <laughs> when, what is it called, the, is it called Cannibal in the movie? I forget what it's called. I'm pretty sure he's the Cannibal. Before he kills the flesh, that, that, that feels like that's the high point in the movie, and then it just drops off. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, my words tied up. Uh, I know you talked about the scene when he's dragging the body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I, I laughed at that, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a great person. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead and tell us what okay. it was. He was like dragging him down the stairs, and he just like vomits on his back, and it looks like like applesauce. <laughs> and then he's like dragging him around, and he just like dumps everywhere. Just, <laughs> just... Dora has a has an affinity. It's the only way I can put it <laughs> for bodily fluids. Oh, God. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. Like, I've not seen so much shit in a movie. <laughs> Maybe my entire life is something we're going to talk oh, about later. God. So, yeah. I'm dreading that aspect. So what is your final thoughts on uh, Martin Doris Cannibal from 06? Out of all three of the movies we're talking about today, mm-hmm. this is my personal favorite. Yeah. Which kind of surprised me a little bit. Because uh, I like the movie. I really do. Yeah. But uh, it, it's not my favorite. We're, we'll be getting to my favorite in yeah. just a second. Um, but that's cool. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting film. It really is. You know, if you, if it sounds like something you're interested in, you should definitely give it a watch. Like, the reason why this one's my favorite is, I mean, again, the visuals and all these movies are great. They're great. Yeah, they really are great. But there's so many things in this movie that I like. Mm-hmm. And, and it is a film, too, that, like, I feel like if you can watch it multiple times. Yeah. Some people are going to watch it once and be like, I'm done with that. I'll probably watch it and then watch it again sometimes later. I feel like there's a lot of, like layers in there too because like there's a lot of stuff we didn't get into it was like there's a picture of a woman which yeah. I assume is probably his mother yeah you know so there's a lot of like layers to it and um it was my introduction to Mario Andor was it the first one you watched or did you watch Voyage uh, first I watched Voyage first okay so 
I feel like this is probably most people's introduction to Mario Dora. Yeah. Just because, you know, it got picked up on Earth and it got got quite a bit of buzz mm-hmm. when it first came out and uh kinda died off a little bit. Like Dora in general kinda died off. Yeah. Not a lot of people talk about Mario Dora anymore and I, I felt that was that was one of the reasons we picked him for the first episode. He he deserves more recognition. He does. He's a good filmmaker. Like regardless of what we're gonna say later on in the mm-hmm. podcast, because there's a there's a controversial film that we're gonna be talking about that we have some controversial thoughts about, I feel like. But yeah. Uh, regardless of that, he is a good filmmaker, and I've never seen Debris documentar or his newest film, and I can't remember what the name of it is. Um, I haven't. I didn't even know he had a new movie out. Yeah, but uh, you know, regardless, he, he's he's an interesting dude. <laughs> yeah, and we'll, we'll get to here in a few minutes. But with both the other movies, the thing about this one is there's not a lot of things that are confusing in this one yeah it's pretty straightforward in voyage there's quite like i i'm not a a person who's like oh give me every single thing Mm -hmm. because i'm a big fan of razorhead and they give that movie gives you nothing nothing (laughs) (laughs) and it's just it it tells you what's going on and that's pretty much it but with the other two there's things that are confusing and make no sense in my opinion i don't feel like voyage as much as Angel's Melancholy. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, Sorry. <laughs> so I feel like we've covered uh, Cannibal uh, nicely. Yeah. I feel like it's time to move on to 2010, The Voyage to the Agatis. The Voyage or just Voyage to the Agatis? Uh, either way. E- either way. Put out by uh, The Great Massacre Video. Shout out to them. They're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't, like, I wasn't gonna, like, initially it wasn't like I was gonna buy all the Massacre video stuff, but I f- this was the movie that kind of, movie that kind of pushed me towards just getting the entire catalog. Yeah, like, if anyone could see, like, the amount of, all of the Massacre releases. Yeah, yeah I own every Massacre release except for their VHS stuff. Mm-hmm. Every, like, standard release I own. What's the VHS? Is <laughs> get, like, sold out before you get it? Yeah, man, like, <laughs> it's crazy how quick those things go, but, uh, the reason I kind of bit, like, cause, like, I'd seen Cannibal. And I hadn't seen Angel's Melancholy yet. The reason I bid on it was mainly because it was like, oh, there's so many short films by the director. There's an interview with the director. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, it's awesome. Then when I got that, I was like, I need to get all these uh, Massacre titles because they're just, they're putting out so much interesting stuff. But uh, Yeah, Massacre Video is a great company. They are a great company. Uh, hit them up, for sure. And, I mean... Tell them we sent you a sick on <laughs> They gonna give you nothing. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they're just gonna be like, oh, Who? okay. <laughs> Someone shouted us out. Um... Uh, so, Voyage of the Gatiss was made by Maureen Dora because uh, a friend of his was like, hey, we should just rent a boat and make a movie. That, that was it? That was it. And then Maureen Dora had to, like, come up with the ideal. Wow. So, you know... <laughs> That's interesting. The story of this movie, without spoiling too much... Well, again, it's hard to talk about this film without spoiling stuff because it's, like, it's so simple. Yeah. At the base of everything Mario Dora does is a very simple story. Even Angel's mm-hmm. Melancholy. It's a simple topic that that just keeps going. Right. Um, is uh, this couple. Or assumingly. I, I mean, assume they're, I think they're married. Like, I think they're husband and wife. Or maybe, at least I'm, maybe that's just me. I mean. And they're not. I don't know. There's a couple ways this could go. They're either brother, sister. I assume. Wife. <laughs> husband. Pretty sure they're husband and wife. Yeah, I mean, I feel like at one point they talk about it, but maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. So, uh, 
I mean, you're the one who took most of the notes here. Yeah. I've been to. I forgot. You didn't, you didn't take any notes on anything. <laughs> I did, I, I'm sorry. I got distracted by the movie. And I was just like, yeah, this is really good. And then I was like, oh, oh, God, I forgot to write anything. Um, so, this couple, they pick up this woman, and they're like, hey, y- you tired of doing this mundane crap? Come on this boat with us. You have a jolly good time. Yeah, and the wife is like, not down for it. Yeah. And uh, he's all gung-ho about it. And when they get on there, it kind of just begins the... It starts normal enough. Then it kind of escalates a little bit to come some some kind of, like, you know, some kind of... A little bit of bullying. Yeah. And then it escalates into full-on torture. (laughs) And And murder. Yeah. And with most of Mario and Dora's movies, it's going to be hard that we... I mean, that we're discussing here today. It's going to be hard not to spoil anything. Because, again... With his movies, they go one way, really. Mm-hmm. Dark. Dark. <laughs> and like we said, like at their core, they're simple stories. Oh, yeah. Very simple stories. All of them. All three of these films. It's just when we get to Angel Melancholy, which <laughs> is the hot, is the big daddy of this episode. That's yeah. what we keep referencing it. it you know, it kind of gets like a little out there, away from the ideal. But, uh, so the movie opens with this murder. Mm. It's this naked woman on the beach being chased by God knows who. We don't see him. I mean, I mean, you can assume we know who it is, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they cut her mouth. Yeah, and that that effect is insane. Is insane. Like it looks so real. I was in the watching. I was like, "How do they do that?" I know. It's that there's some points, and, and like that's the thing about Martin Dora's special effects are really, really good. Yeah, to the point where sometimes I worry. If it's real or not. Yeah, because like, there's so much other stuff in Martin Dora's movies that are like, it blurs reality so much. I feel like that's what he's trying to do. Yeah, for movies. sure. I mean, I mean, I don't see like what other reason there is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they pick this girl up. Um, and, and maybe it's just me because I, I'm not a very adventurous person. Yeah. But I feel like I would never get on a boat with two complete strangers. I wouldn't either. You know, maybe, maybe, but again, maybe that's just me, you know. Maybe it's because me and you both are kind of, like, introverted. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Because if you met us in person, we're, we're probably going to barely say a word to you. we <laughs> <laughs> just be like, hey. Hey, dude. Hi. And, you know, maybe maybe we're missing out, or maybe we ain't going to get murdered on a boat. <laughs> yeah, I'd really like to get murdered on a boat. I'd rather stay in with my family and friends, so... This film, more so than the other two, uh, really shows, but it, it's a theme in all of them, is mm-hmm. isolation. Yeah, this one... Once she's on that boat, there is absolutely nothing she can do to get away. No, there's nothing. There's nowhere she can run. There's nowhere she can go. And it's terrifying. This, yeah. to me, is his scariest movie. Yeah, by, by far. Because, you know, he's the smooth-talking son of a gun. Silver-tongued yeah. devil, if Silver you will. <laughs> Who, who talks this chick onto the boat, even though his wife clearly is like... I don't want this. She, This girl still is like, eh, it could be fun. And I, I, That's the one thing with this movie that kind of confuses me a little bit. Mm-hmm. One, why would you get on a boat with a stranger? Mm-hmm. Well, strangers that you know nothing about. I mean, I, in a way, I guess you can say that she's just trying to get away from her like, boring life and... What not, but I, I, I've been I've been bored before, but I never wanted to just go and like disappear with two random people. And 
too. I, I just, I don't know. If, if someone wasn't, like, too keen on you staying, why would you stay? That, that, that's, that's the two things about this that confuse me a little bit. Yeah, but again, like, you know, we were never that kind of people, but, like, I think we've all know people who would probably be like, oh, you got a boat and you want to party? I don't know. I, I, I know you do. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's never been me, but, I, I you know, there's plenty of people out there who would. Yeah. And, you know, all the time we'd be raped and murdered, but. I mean, not everyone's a psychopath. Not everybody. <laughs> uh, this guy definitely is, because, like, you know, you get to the, there's a scene, there's about the halfway point, there's this dinner scene. Yeah. Where he starts really belittling his wife. Mm-hmm. To the point where he starts throwing shit on her, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, hits her, I think. Or no, he hits, uh, he hits the girl. Yeah. Right? Uh, what? No, no, he doesn't hit her yet, I don't think. He don't hit her, does he hit his wife? Yeah, because she... Like, he smacks the shit out of somebody. It's because she won't drink the the water or booze, whatever yeah. it is. And, and the girl goes out on the thing, and, and like a true sociopath... He goes out there and he's like, oh, she's just jealous of you. You know? And makes this girl believe him. Yeah. You know, that, like, he's not the person in the wrong. She's in the wrong because she's just mm-hmm. being, she's being a bitch. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. When in reality, he's the horrible person here. Yeah, he's... <coughs> Sorry. Got <laughs> <laughs> a tickle in my throat. Oh, um, tickle in my throat. <laughs> But yeah, he's the one that's wrong here. Yeah, he's a horrible person, but he like he he, he spins it. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't care. He's a horrible person. No, he does not care. He's a horrible person because man, once things start get going, they get going. Yeah, and, and the whole time, the wife keeps like committing, like take off your clothes, do it, mm-hmm. and then she's like, oh, here's you some water. I feel really bad about what we're doing. But I ain't gonna help you. <laughs> Which is another situation that you was know, later on with the other movie. But. Yeah. But to this one, it makes more sense to me because I feel like the wife wants to do it. Yeah. You know, because there's a scene later on where something happens and we won't spoil that. Right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, now or never. Mm. And the wife's like, never. And I feel like what that is is her just being like, I. I want to be with you. You know, I want to do what you do, but I just can't let go of that last shred of humanity. Yeah. I can't, like, drop every bit of, like, feelings I have for people right. in general to do what you do. Yeah. And, because uh, he, he does not care. No, he's a sociopath. He's a nut. <laughs> the guy who plays him does a great job playing He does this. a really good job. All of Marion Dor's actors are, are really good actors. Mm. They're just so willing to do just crazy nutty stuff. shit. Um, this movie doesn't have a lot of shit in the pissing. I think it has a piss scene. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean that that scene's not as bad because no. But there's one scene. <laughs> oh that, my god! That really really bothered you. I think it, it bothered you too. Did yeah, it, not? it did. <laughs> but you're the one who like was <laughs> so upset about it because it was so nasty. They the guy. Jumps into the water and grabs a sea urchin, which I'm so or a sea cucumber or something. It's something and it's like oozing out stuff. Oh my! You like squirts water out of the tip of it at the very beginning. It's like yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's like a water hose. Now, uh, before you finish this, did they kill animals in Cannibal? 
I don't believe they no. did. So this is the first time in, in his movies we're seeing animal death. Yeah. Even though it is like a sea cucumber or something. They really have a brain. But anyways, keep going. And he takes it onto the ship and like just throws it onto the goddamn ship. <laughs> he like jumps on there with this knife and just hacks it up. It's and so just gross. just spraying everywhere. It's so gross. He starts eating it. Yeah, what's raw like, and like, man. And this is the thing about his movies, like, when someone's eating something, it's The exaggerated disgusting. sound effects are just disgusting, and then he's like, he's like smeared on her and shit. Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> you, you just got gagged on It's him. disgusting. Like, it's so nasty. Like, something else he does is that, this isn't really a spoiler, because I'm like, saying what happens after this, but mm-hmm. he's like, he has like a mouthful of wine, and that nasty, whatever it is, it's Oh, eating, God. And he like spits it in her mouth. It, it, it's horrible. Um... To go to the uh, talk about the wife and her thing, there's a scene in the movie where she uh, she's standing there and I can't remember. I think she's talking to her, the husband. Yeah. Uh, her name is Isabella, by the way. I have that in my notes. Thank God. I don't remember any other <laughs> Lisa name. is the other girl. Lisa. I don't remember the guy's name. I can't remember the guy's name. But um, <laughs> let's Google it. <laughs> you look it up right away. Yeah, sure you can. Okay. Uh, you know she's sitting there and she's looking out and she's like. It's strange. We've been here so many times, but the ocean seems completely different. Yeah. Right? And I feel like that's, again, part of her mindset. You know what I mean? She's changing. Yeah. But she just can't commit to the full change. You know, this is just my theory on what's happening. Yeah. It could, I could be way off, but... <laughs> um. So, yeah, I mean, Voyage to the Gatiss is a very simple. It's, it's pretty. I think it's the shortest movie that I've seen. I mean, I've never liked well, that. Raphael is a Raphael, like. yeah. Um, Raphael, he's good. Yeah, he's really <laughs> he's good. a piece of shit. He's good at playing that, though. He does a very good job, yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he has an interview on that Massacre video DVD. Oh, no. And I haven't watched this in forever, so I could be completely wrong about it. But I'm pretty sure they're like, why did you do the movie? And he's like, oh, I just got a chance to rape all those women and. <laughs> Oh, it's, he's just a nut job, man. Whoever, whatever his name is that plays Raphael. Um, I could have got that too, but I didn't yeah, think about it. It'd all be alright. Right. It's all good, hood. Um, like, well, we don't live, we live, what, do we live in the hood? Uh, you know, <laughs> as redneck as a hood can be. Because <laughs> we've had murders and shit on the road over yeah. drugs and stuff. And we live on a small road. Yeah. Um, what was I talking about? Yeah, I know I was talking about boys and Raphael was I talking about Raphael? I feel like I lost my point. Oh, uh, no. Okay, I don't know where I was at. Okay, it, it, it's door. I think it's the shortest of the movies we watched. Yeah, it's like a, it's like it's only like an hour twenty something. Yeah, but I really, really, really like Voyage to the Gatiss. I do too, but as I like Campbell, but mm-hmm. this is my favorite of the three. Um, it's just interesting. The characters work well, really well together. It, it's dark. It's mean spirited. Um, it's very pretty. Mm. <laughs> Once again, the music is beautiful. <laughs> I got I to tell a story about the, the, the weird creature he like eats. I don't know what Oh, it God, is. yeah. Like, I was sitting there, and I was watching it Home Alone, and you know, with headphones on, and he just throws this thing on the boat. And I didn't know what it was at first. You, you told me what it was later on. Oh, well, like I said, I don't know exactly what it is. I was like, what is that? <laughs> and like, he does I'm like, what in the hell is going on right now? And like, I, that part I lost my, I, I lost everything. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> it's just like, I mean, it's, I mean, Cannibal's easy to follow. Yeah. 
in Voyage of the Gate, this is easy to follow as well. <sighs> yeah, and um, I don't know. It's just I watched it, and the first time I watched it, I liked it, and I think I liked it even better the second time I watched it. Mm-hmm. It's just a real interesting flick with some great acting, some great atmosphere, and a great location. I mean, oh, yeah. to make I mean, the boat is such a perfect setting because, like we said, like once she's on that boat, there's nothing she can do anymore. No, she's powerless. There's, There's two of them, one of her, and nowhere to go. And, I mean, they have her down on the boat, like, strapped down. But even if she wasn't... There's still nothing you can do. You either stay with them and get tortured, or you drown. <laughs> yeah, and there's a part of the movie where he does that, where he's like, you know, you either take your clothes off... Or you drown. Or you drown, you know? And it's just... It's, it's terrifying, and... I don't know, I really like the movie. I do, too. What's your closing thoughts on this one before we move on to the, the Big Daddy? Oh, God. Um, closing thoughts on this one? Mm-hmm. I think once again, Mario Dora strikes really hard with the visuals, and mm-hmm. the music is really good. And there's one, like, I can't, out of all, everything in the movie, I don't know why, there's this one thing that's stuck in my head from it. Yeah. It's this, it's so simple. It's a stair set. And the camera's just, like, covered in, like, dirt. Mm-hmm. And he's just like walking on the stairs. I don't know why. It just stuck in my head. Right. And there is a there's a whole thing with this doll that's floating. Yeah. And and even in this one, I feel like that's kind of a representation of her. Mm. You know, the blind doll. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I mean, you can get that one pretty good, pretty cheap. Yeah. It's still in print for Massacre Video. Definitely grab it. Watch it. I'd say enjoy yeah. it, but I don't know if you can really enjoy it, but, you know. It's one of those movies, but it's hard to enjoy it. it, it you're not enjoyed, but you don't enjoy it like you enjoy Night of the Creeps. Yeah, you <laughs> It's not the kind of enjoyment that's normally yeah. with that definition. It, it's an enjoyment as in, like, you going on an experience. You know? Yeah, and what you take from it. Right. So, we move back a year. Wait, one year? 2009. The Angel's Melancholy. Oh, God. Uh, so, big shout out to a man on YouTube by the name of Mr. Ramon420. Okay. I feel like when it comes to this movie, he deserves more credit than anybody because he was the first guy I ever heard say anything about this movie. He, he had the, the, the copy from Germany that had no subtitles, and he was like, this movie is insane. And I feel like he, to me... He created a lot of the hop of the when I first heard about the film. A lot mm-hmm. of people started, you know. The first time I ever heard of this movie was you said something about it once, and there was a, there was a channel I watched that you joke around about a lot. Horrible reviews. It's a pretty good movie. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good movie. Horrible reviews is a pretty good. He he's a pretty good channel. <laughs> yeah, he has a pretty good channel, but I disagree with him a lot of times. But I feel like he makes fair points. Yeah. He's, yeah, it seems like he's like he can be like more judgmental about mm. movies than yeah. we are. Did more, he review Angels Melancholy? Yeah, he did. I don't know that. And, well, I don't remember. I don't, if I remember correctly, he didn't like it very much. And to be quite frank, I did not enjoy this movie that much either. <laughs> you gotta bury the lead a little bit, I'm man. Sorry. <laughs> so Marandora made this film in 2009. Mm. It has a uh, music by David Hess in it. David by Hess. music by David Hess, I uh, pretty much means one song. Yeah, they <laughs> use it twice, and it's a very good song. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the plot of the Angels of Melancholy? Can we even like begin to pinpoint it? I mean, I mean, at its core, what it is is these two guys who are meeting together after so many years of not seeing each other, 
They're best buds. Mm-hmm. They decide to go back to the cabin where they had all these great times at. And they, and they pick up these two girls and this other girl and then this weird artist and a girl in a wheelchair show up. And they all get together in this, this little shed and they just be disgusting pieces of shit together. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't know if you were going to go with that point yet. I thought you were just going to, like, leave it as, like, oh, they're, they're going to go have fun with each other. No. Like, if you were going to say that, I was going to say, yeah, if you were a sociopathic maniac. Right. <laughs> Um, so again, Catherine Frank is in this one, mm-hmm. and we're going to get into it. I have a couple factoids I'd like to read Okay, go ahead. discussing the film from the interview with Severed Cinema that uh, Mr. Dora did. Uh, Dora says, to understand the film, it is necessary to disregard your morality and to identify with one of the male leads. And I tried this, because I've seen this movie twice now, and I did my best to just be like, Let's focus on the two dudes and see how that changes something. It don't. No. Because to me, the film doesn't, doesn't like, it's an ensemble story. Sorry, uh, I, just thought, I just thought something. What? Like, in, in the movie, like, this is, it's not really, it's not really a spoiler again, but, um, like, I was trying to do what he said, mm-hmm. and try, and I was trying to get in the mind of, I forget his name, I know he has the... Uh, the caster and Frank's character. Yeah. And I was trying to, like, relate to him because, I mean, he's going, like, he's supposed to be, like, going through, like... He's got a screaming di- disease. <laughs> yeah, like, whatever it is, he's dying. <laughs> and you're trying to relate with him and, like, he has, like, a picture of, I guess, like, his, his mother. I guess so. I don't know. And he's, like, looking at it and, like, bites it for some reason. Yeah. And, like, in reality, was, I was like, yeah, that's a little weird, but, you know, they're weird in general. Mm-hmm. And... And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try to, like, disregard my morality in this mm. movie. And then he throws the girl on the ground and he, and he just takes a dump all over her. I'm, I was just like, <laughs> I, I can't do this. <laughs> I was like, I can't do that. So Dora also said that the three-week shooting was a horrible experience. Yeah, I would imagine. Full of hate, violence, madness, drug abuse, and deprivation. That's always a great sound, so just a great shoot. Um, uh, he also says, due to legal, fear of legal prosecution, Castro Franks uh, forced him to cut out a half an hour of material. And with what happens in this film, including real shitting, yeah, real pissing, real vomit, real I'm pretty sure yeah. real mutilation at points, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm pretty sure real drug use at points. Yeah. Real animal death. What the hell did they cut out? That really is something that sticks in your mind. Because it's but like... at the same time, it's like, and one of my big problems with the film, and we'll kind of like, you know, discuss this mm-hmm. as we go, is that like there's so many parts of the movie that nothing is happening. <sighs> long yeah. periods of like, just long shots for no reason. And that maybe if those were filled with this, ha- unless it was supposed to be three hours and not two and a half. Which it's, like, when you watch it, it seems like it's supposed to be, but it had, like, so much cut out of it, I guess. I guess. I'd be curious to see, uh... The actual... Yeah. Thing. Again, um, that's three hours. And speaking of the animal cruelty, Dora has this to say. Uh, the, uh, the animal cruelty... Uh, scenes like that are a uh, declaration that the film you are watching is not made for entertainment. You're, 
Sure thing. And he um, said you you can select the audience that way. Okay. I got, I got a little bit. Of, I got a little bit. Go ahead. To say about that. Okay. Would you like to uh, set up what happens? I mean, there's multiple animal deaths in this film, but the one in particular that's the worst. That really bothered me. That bothered me too. Was they had the, the okay? This one scene. This guy where you you think he's like kind of innocent. He seems like the only one of them that's a good person, but <laughs> the shit no. he does, no. <laughs> he takes this kitten, he's like petting it, and he pulls out a knife, and he puts it in the back of its neck. Yeah. And, and it, it, it's so unnecessary, because nothing happens. No. No one reacts to it. Nothing. It's just, they just do it. They just do it. And it really pisses me off. It's not needed. And I know that might be a little bit hypocritical, because one of my favorite movies of all time is Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, and I don't condone the animal death in that movie either. I, I mean, something about those movies, about that movie too, that bothers me. Is but like... for some reason, in this film, the animal death pisses me off more so than any other film I've ever seen with real animal death. It's because a lot of the animals in this, like where in Campbell Holocaust, the the, the turtle scene, mm-hmm. which is very memorable. Mm-hmm. At least they eat it. It's true. And I also thought about, you know, that's a good point, too, that, like, you know about the stories that they ate everything that they killed. Yeah. Outside of the muskrat in Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. None of the animals really suffer. Mm. It's quick. Yeah. They shoot the pig. They cut the head off the turtle. They decapitate the monkey. Yeah. Every animal in this suffers. (laughs) Yeah, there's, like, this little lizard, too. They smash it with, like, this, like, dresser. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, what he said, he was like, oh, this is, movie's not made for your entertainment. Mm. That kind of makes me a little angry. Because <laughs> it's like, then what the hell's the point in the movie? It's an experience. It's what it is. You know, I feel like that's what he made it for. He made it to to be an experience of, like, unlike anything you've ever seen. And he, he succeeded. Yeah. Uh, to a fault, he succeeded, you know? Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the film, they're at this carnival trying to pick up the two girls. And there's so much B-roll mm. in this. Like, there's at least a good five minutes of just, like, random shots of people. Random shots oh, of yeah. rides. Random shots of food. It's like, what is, like... And that's just my biggest problem with this film. There's so much unnecessary scenes. Yeah. And something else, something else I'd like to point out, it's not necessarily about the, the movie itself. But the scene, the, you're talking about the fair, mm-hmm. it's kind of incredible how the resemblance between a fair in Germany and a fair in America. Yeah, it is true. Like, once you watch something like that, you're like, oh, we're not too much different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, just because we're from two different countries. Except for, in a lot of American movies, we don't slaughter a poor kitten for no goddamn reason. Yeah. Sorry, that, that really bothered me when I saw it. Yeah, it's just, it's so unnecessary. Like, it's just a scene that's like, it's only there to make you feel bad. Yeah, and and when he does it, it's like there's like a puddle of water next to it, and it's like almost like it's like crying, mm-hmm. and it just makes it even worse. Right. Um, so they pick up the two girls and they take them to this again, this isolated area, which is something, which is another trait with his movies. Mm-hmm. He likes to he likes the sense of hopelessness that there's nowhere to go. Although, later on, we'll talk about there is, you know. Yeah. But the one girl, uh, her phone rings. I think it's Bianca's phone, the younger one. 
Yeah. Or maybe it was the main girl. I'm Melanie. Not for sure. Uh, and the David Hess looking dude. <laughs> Which is ironic. <laughs> he looks a lot like David Hess. He does. Uh, he, David Hess has a big full beard and big nose. But, uh, yeah. Grabs the phone. Throws it against the wall, right? Shouldn't it be your first indication to get out of get there? Get out of there. But also, it's so comedically over the top. Because, like, he throws against the wall and steps on it. And then Castor and Frank's character gets out. And he's just like... And he's just, like, stomping it. And it's like, it's broke. It's leave it alone. It's so comedic. (laughs) There's a lot of things in the movie that happen like that, though. It's just, like, over. Yeah, it's like, what in the world? Um... You know, he's talking about, like, eventually, uh, Heinrich. 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 <laughs> and the girl in the wheelchair, who, the girl in the wheelchair is the only person that's moved that you can almost feel any kind of empathy for. But doesn't she, like, do heroin? No, that's Bianca. We'll okay. get to that. <laughs> um, you know, he shows up, and he hands, uh, this lizard. And, uh, he comes in, he's got this weird bone side. Yeah, I was. Uh, I mean, you were in there when I was watching it, and I was just like trying to, trying to like be happy watching this because it's so bleak. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to like, make jokes like, "What this goddamn Sathi has in his hand?" He throws uh, a walking stick at first. I, was, <laughs> I thought it was a walking stick. Then I realized how short it was. There <laughs> was the point in having it. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, and he shuts the door, and as he shuts the door, he sees this lizard, and he crushes the lizard with the door. Which again, it's horrible. It's sad. You shouldn't do that. But, uh, you know, to me, like, that scene is the first indication of what this guy really can be. Mm-hmm. That he has no sympathy for life. You know no. what I mean? He does not care about life. He does not care. He is he is the maybe the biggest piece of shit in cinema history. Like, this guy yeah. is a monster among monsters. Mm-hmm. But isn't portrayed that way. <laughs> no. And I get it, like, if you're trying to, like, film the movie from their point of view, but it does feel at times they're trying to portray sympathy for the two, for the victims. I, uh, so, so many things about this movie that bothered me a little bit. Yeah. From, like, the stuff that should bother, like, a lot of people when they watch it is the animal cruelty, of course. Of course. But I hate to keep going back to that because, like, I don't want this to all be around, like, oh, we support, you know, because we, I mean, let's be honest, we don't give a shit. We eat meat. We're meat eaters. Yeah. We watch Cannibal Holocaust. But we don't condone torture and suffering of animals. Yeah. Especially for something as meaningless at its, at its core as a movie. Yeah. You know, no animal should die for a movie. It's just not worth it. Um, so, you know, they, they, they all finally... At that point, the entire crew is together. Mm-hmm. The cavalcade of debauchery is about oh, to begin, God. right? So, they're all sitting around smoking a hookah. And out of nowhere, Heinrich pulls out a guy dang syringe, yeah, and they... shoots up Bianca, and Melanie does nothing. Nope. Like, absolutely nothing. If you could do the least amount of things to do to stop someone from doing something, that's what she did. Right? She just sat there. Like... It, it, let's let's put ourselves in this scenario. And again, like, you know, maybe this is the wrong way of looking at it because Dora is like, you know, you're not supposed to look at it from their point of view. Yeah. You're supposed to look at it from from uh, David S. looking dude and Gaston Frank's character. <laughs> um, but if we're there and some old weirdo 
pulls out a syringe of God knows what. I assume heroin. Could be Ho- anything. Hopefully heroin. Hopefully heroin. It could be freaking straight like Ebola, for all we know. You know, <laughs> could be straight piss or something. Yeah, and, and like he's yeah, like, I'm gonna shoot you up. I'm like, whoa. What are you doing? What are you doing? No. <laughs> this is like the first time ever I think I've been like, hopefully it's heroin, right? <laughs> and like they're smoking a hookah. You know, and I don't yeah. partake in, 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 in uh. Uh, the marijuana, <laughs> the, the the devil's lettuce, the devil's lettuce. Mm. But there's, you know, if you do, cool, have fun with it. There's a big gap between heroin and smoking weed, though. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like a big, big gap. So it's not like I'd be down for that. It should not escalate that quickly. No. <laughs> but uh, everything in this movie escalates quickly, though. Let's be honest. And, and it just makes me hate these characters. Sorry, I thought about something else, but we'll get to that later. What is it? Just go the ahead. Bo- the boat. The boat? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I don't think we should say anything about the boat, though, because like, that's a big spoiler, you know? If it just makes any sense. It just comes though. out of nowhere. They, they and the noises he makes is great. <laughs> so, um, and then Catherine Frank's character, which I believe his name is Katz, yeah. begins to cut on the one woman's boob. Yeah. Which I, I think is real. Like, I don't know. Uh, like, it looks real. It does. Like, I don't know how you fake that. I, I, I mean, I know how you could fake it, but not in the way they do it. And it's bad. It's horrible. And then she just pukes on it, and it's disgusting. Yeah, I, you were sitting there watching a little bit of that part with me, and you're like, oh, I can't handle it anymore. And you, walked in, you walked in here. And that woman... Wait, wait, which one? You know which one. (laughs) (laughs) She is uh, horrible. Like, I can't stand her in this movie. She grosses me out just to look at her. Just makes me physically ill. Like, she is (laughs) disgusting. She should be, like, Cashier Frank should be ashamed of himself, too, for what he did, but she really should. I don't know why, but something about her I don't like. (laughs) Well, um... No, there's a lot of things she does in this movie that are absolutely disgusting. Like, look, should I say that? Hmm? Should, I, should I say that? Or is that like a spoiler too? What? The pig. Oh no, that's not a spoiler. Nothing happens in that scene. She freaking makes out with a rotted ass pig. And it's almost like you can tell she's like disgusted by it, but she does it anyway. How could you not be? This thing is covered in maggots and flies, and she's just like. <laughs> I was there. I was like, stop. <laughs> it's time to stop. It's time to stop. <laughs> stop it. Get I'm some help. I might sneeze. <laughs> stop it. Get some help. <laughs> get, get some help. Um, <laughs> if uh, these people in this movie were real, Michael Jordan should be getting a hold of them. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> stop. Get help. <laughs> You've got many problems. So after the the hookah heroin scene, which is which is ridiculous, which is ridiculous. Uh, they wake up and they all go back outside. And at this point, it just like you feel like this is the beginning of the escalation. Mm-hmm. This is where Melanie and Bianca are going to start being like, "Something ain't right. We need to get out of here." No. First of all, Bianca becomes a background character. We barely see her again. Yeah. Until much later on, and uh, Melanie's just there. Uh, something about about this, like, I, I don't want to spoil this movie for anyone. Mm-hmm. If if you're very interested in watching it, right? 
There's a reason why I kind of say watch it before you listen to this. Because, yeah. Because there's going to be a lot of things I'll probably say that's spoilers. And I well, apologize. we're keeping them to a minimum, though. But it's just, they don't do anything about it. And they it don't. it pisses me off. Right. Um, so after all that, there's this whole scene with Melanie out on her own looking at these rams. <laughs> and this whole set piece where Cash and Frank falls this nun. Oh my dear lord. And it goes on For forever. It it literally feels like 30 minutes mm-hmm. of them just walking around. And, and nothing it, comes of it. And you're waiting for the payoff. You're waiting. You're like, he's going to rape her. He's going to kill her. He's going to do something. He's gonna he does, he's going to shit on her. I mean, he shits on everybody else in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he does. But. Uh, nothing. Nothing happens. She eventually takes her clothes off. And she's hot. <laughs> well... But, I mean, it doesn't justify, you know, a 30-minute goddamn build-up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'll see you next year. And he leaves. It is... See you next year. Oh, never mind, I'm not going to say that. Just keep going. Well, it is... It's just... It's what this movie does the most wrong. And I don't even know if that's oh. proper English. But it's boring at times. It's mm. so boring. And there's a scene in this movie... Like, everything is kind of rooted in reality. Yeah. This bizarre dream fairy tale world that Dora creates still has its roots in reality. Even though, like I said, it, it, all these movies feel like fairy tales. Feel like mm-hmm. demented, depraved fairy tales. <laughs> Except depraved. for one scene in this movie where the nun is walking in this field and this guy with a burning Bible chained to a wall is like, Don't go there! It makes no sense. It just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> I was in that one. I was like, "What?" I laughed my ass off at that. I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> Why did this even happen? I mean, I mean, you could say it was a lot of this movie, but uh, eventually Melanie makes it to this like backwoods town. Yeah. Which again, any sane Tennessee dog. Well, <laughs> if you go down the hollers, the hollers in Tennessee. Um, you know. Any sane human being at this point would be like, hey, I'm with these two guys. They destroyed my phone. They shot my friend up with heroin. There's something off about them. At this point, you should pull like a SpongeBob and be like, I'm out of here. Right? Now, what she does is she sits and watches Pig get killed. And then she's like horrified by it. Horrified by it. Then the immediate next scene is her shaving this pig with the people. That killed it. And then immediately, next scene, back to being horrified. I felt like Mario and Dora edited it out of order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was. It's just one. It's just again. It's one of those things where these people's motivations just don't make sense. Yeah. You know, I don't know. So you know, <laughs> it's fun talking about this movie. Yeah. It really is. Uh, the guy, Caster Frank's character, has this. It, you know, he's sick. He's got something wrong with him. He's got screaming man disease, as I call it. You see it in movies all the time where like the only the only symptom they have is they just flop down and go That's what he does. And they walk in and they see him like having this scene. this scene made me laugh my ass off too. He's having this seizure and they're all just like He's not like us. <laughs> and they just leave him. They just like, leave him there. You're Fred. I guess you can say friend, because I mean they they're they're all depraved and they don't give a sh- about life. And your friend's just over here having a goddamn seizure. And he's like, well, 
Well, it's just gonna happen. It's just what he does. Yep, <laughs> he just has seizures. And uh, you know, we're talking about like the people's moralities, or not moralities, but people's motivations not making sense. The big problem with that is the dialogue is nothing but like long, like philosophical monologues that don't make sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you're talking about um. The person who told, who basically like introduced you to this movie first was his name. Uh, Mister Ramon 420. Sorry, that last. That's a good name, I know. Yeah, it's for you. Um, He's a good dude. I I like his videos a lot. And like, it's just in a way you could watch this movie without any subtitles. You could, because you're gonna get just as much information from without knowing what they're saying or knowing what they're saying. Because like they're, they're just spouting garbage. They're doing these horrible things. Torturing animals, torturing people, and they try to talk like they're goddamn Shakespeare. Yeah, <laughs> the dialogue is not good, in my opinion. I think it's a, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, in um, Voyage of the Gatiss, they do, they also kind of talk with this, you know, higher style, philosophical, but it never feels like unnatural. Yeah. Because the guy's kind of a smart ass and kind of a show off, so it makes mm. sense for him. Everyone in this movie talks in these, like, babbling nonsense. And it's aggravating in a way. Aggravating. It's like, I wish these people would just talk to each other a little bit so I could kind of start understanding where they're coming from. I can't understand you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Inside joke. That was good. Um, So, you know, another thing in this movie that's bizarre. So, there's a point where Heinrich... The artist, whose art is just he just puts snails together on shit. <laughs> yeah, he did. Like, if Which we didn't even got into that, like the amount of like snails and like other Jesus weird crustaceans in, in Dora's films. Are, is, the amount is ridiculous. Ridiculous, like it's crazy. Like how many like weird snaily things are in these movies? Don't they kill a snail too? In this movie? Yeah, they kill a snail. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, the first time I watched this movie, I thought Heinrich left. <laughs> yeah. Right, I thought he went away. I did too. Yeah, I thought he like disappeared. I thought he was just. But going. he's just in a goddamn room. Like he just goes upstairs. Is what it seems like. Because later Bianca goes get him, and he's just there. I'm like, I thought he left. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gone. Because he goes to the girl in the wheelchair, and he's like, "You'd be good for them now." And he's and he's gone. Yet he, the next time you see him, he's just upstairs. He didn't go anywhere. He just locked himself in a room. Again, to be fair with that. Thirty minutes was cut from this movie. I guess, but I'm just. just, uh, (laughs) I'm dumbfounded. (laughs) It's so weird. He's like, be good now, and he just disappears. And he's upstairs. Yeah. (laughs) Again, you have to be be honest. To be fair to this movie, everyone in this movie is weird. They're depraved. They're disgusting. But he never shows back up, right? It's not like he went away and then came back. He just goes upstairs. But it's... Uh, <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> if that's what happens, if I didn't just somehow miss something somewhere... If like if you're listening to this and you know something more than we do, please tell yeah, us. Yeah, please tell me I'm wrong about this. Because it is like... I remember watching it and I kept waiting for Heinrich. So I'm like, I remember Heinrich being in the movie later. So when's he come back? He doesn't come back. He just is upstairs. Yeah, he's just upstairs <laughs> making this goddamn snail art. And then the guy, he loses his shit on the woman in the wheelchair because she's got to use the bathroom. And that scene is brutal. Yeah, that is, again, except for like the actual real stuff. Mm-hmm. 
that scene was probably the hardest for me to watch in this entire movie. Because how brutal it, it is. It is brutal. And again, like, the makeup effects are so good. It seems real. It seems real. And the girl playing the girl, the girl who's playing the girl in the wheelchair. The girl in the wheelchair. We don't, we don't know names. I don't think she has a name. She she does good at acting like she's actually, mm-hmm. unless, unless she, actually like she is. is. That's what I'm saying. Is like the effects in this movie are so top notch that like it looks real. And and maybe maybe this is to Dora's benefit in this film. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. That with the real pissing and shitting and the real animal death, that you start being like, maybe this is all real. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, I hope not. And I don't think so. Like, because there's a point where he's, like, dragging her out of the wheelchair, and it... It's brutal. It, it bothered me. I was it like, is oh. brutal. But, again, the amount of time it takes to get to that... Is ridiculous. Is ridiculous. And that is the main fault of the Angel's Melancholy... It is just so long. It is two hours and 30 minutes and like... An hour. 40 of it it could be cut out. Yeah. Easily 40 could be cut out. If not more. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think it would be a better movie for it. In a way, I feel like he was trying to make this huge movie and like making his like magnum opus or his... Kind of like coup de gras in a way. Yeah. But at the same time, it feels like he tried really, really hard for that. To make it long. And a lot of the scenes are just way too long. Like the, the nun scene we were talking about earlier. It feels like it's like half the movie. Yeah, it's crazy long. And, you know, uh, there comes a part where he ties Melanie and Bianca up and throws them in the, into the uh, barn. Yeah. And then you're like, okay... Shit's gonna start going now. Mm-hmm. No. They don't do anything. They don't yeah. do anything. They go out of the barn. They untie themselves and they leave. But. Mm. And it's like, what is what is the point? <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't you, like, if, if you got, if you become loose from these psychopaths, why would you not run away? Run away. Melanie just goes back in the house. Why? Oh my god. That really bothered me too with this movie and Voyage because it was like, well, 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 not really Voyage. Never mind. Well, because they're in the middle of the ocean. Never mind. Yeah, there's nowhere to go in the ocean. And I get they're isolated here too, but she found a village earlier. Yeah, I mean there, there, there's villages and stuff, and you can't run away from these psychopaths when they don't know you're un, they're loose from your. <sighs> Heinrich becomes a piece of shit and starts beating the girl in the wheelchair. Yeah. Which is brutal. Another brutal scene. Um, There's a scene and we're getting close to wrapping the movie up. We're going to talk about this or... Um, There's a scene and it has to be discussed because it's just hilarious to me. Spoiler alert to everyone. No, this ain't the spoiler alert. Oh, is this in the spoiler alert? No, no, this ain't the spoiler alert. Uh, Cash and Frank's character. He's having one of his screaming episodes. (laughs) (laughs) And um, (laughs) he's reminiscing about all the good times that him and David Hess look alike (laughs) have had 
right? <laughs> yeah. Being naked together, because that's like that. Like, that's... Literally, that's all they did in this flashback, was just roll around in the grass naked together. Which is like great times. <laughs> Good job. And uh, the one woman who wears the leather, who I can't stand. Yeah, who's disgusting. Disgusting. Like, and we'll talk about that in a second. Why? Like, there's a scene in this movie that, like, it's just horrible. Like, why would you do this? But anyway, so Cash and Frank's sitting there, and uh, he's reminiscing. It goes back, and he's kind of sitting there all, like, melancholy. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Little, and then he grabs her, throws her down, and shits on her vagina. <laughs> In return, she stands up and just pulls it out. It's so gross. It's gross. And I, when I was watching it, I was like, well, I was just lying there, like looking. I was like, what's going on? Mm. And then she's like, <laughs> he just throws on the ground, and just <laughs> and dumps all over. I was like, why? What was the point? <laughs> It is like, what the hell? And then he goes and like, I thought he was going to rape <laughs> Bianca. Yeah. Then he makes her just shit her pants or something like that. Or piss herself. He has like, he has like. Or throw up or something. Yeah, he makes her throw up. Wait. God. It's either that or David Hest, number two. No, it's definitely the cash room because he goes in there and he's like, he starts attacking he, her. And he only doesn't do shit about it. Uh, what, what, yeah, he goes in there and like starts smelling their butts and stuff. And like, yeah. and, like sticks his finger one girl's butt and she's just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, he really does it too. Like it's not similar. Yeah, it's real. I'm just, I was just in there like, why would you, why would you sign up for this? So eventually, you know, all of these terrible things are escalating and escalating and escalating <laughs> until the final finale where people start dying. And we won't spoil who is dying. God. And there's a scene where they're burning a body. And the one woman, it's a close-up shot of her legs wide open, and she's pissing and shitting. At the same time. And it is the most disgusting thing, because the shit is not like, it's just like oozing out of her ass. It it looks like straight-up diarrhea. It is, and like, forever. And at that moment, I'm like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) John 2017 over here. <laughs> and then another person dies, and then she pisses on his face. Oh my god! So as we wrap up the Angels Melancholy, which I don't know if anyone got anything out of what we talked about. Hopefully so. Hopefully we did a good job discussing this. I thought uh, we did better than the other two. Well, it, it, the Angel Melancholy is—it's a hard movie to talk about. Somewhere in there, there's a good movie. Yeah, because. Dora's visuals in this movie are awesome. Mm. The atmosphere is great. Like, it's gritty and it's dark. But at the same time, it's, like, magical in a weird way. If that mm. makes any sense. Because it looks like looks like a, like a fairy tale world. With yeah. all the smoke and the backlighting. And, and the house in general. And the house in general. And the acting is good. Mm-hmm. And when it gets going, it's interesting problem is it's two hours and 30 god dang minutes and nothing happens in most of that <laughs> I, was sitting there wa- I was sitting there watching it to, to of course to, to talk about it here and I was sitting there I was like when's this gonna end mm-hmm. it's definitely what I call a time checker yeah you hitting that info button you see how much time you got left and when you see that you're only an hour and a half in you got another hour to go and something else I'd like to mention, because the addition we have, I mean, I don't, I don't know if we should talk about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, 
I'll put it this way. There is an edition out there. I don't know how easy it is to find or get that does have English subs. But most editions of the Angels Melancholy does not. Ours does. But we got it through methods. <laughs> methods. And I tried to watch it in my room like I did both of the movies. And... It skipped real bad. It it broke on me pretty much. <laughs> so we, we tried to get it to play like five times. Yeah. So, but that's no we fault said, of the movie, you know, yeah. or the person that put it out. Because, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, it was like an hour trying to get that done. Right. And by the time I started the movie, it was like nine o'clock. I didn't finish it until like twelve. Like you gotta, <laughs> it's you gotta set such a chunk of change of your life out yeah. to it, and it, it just doesn't feel worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, me and you were joking around about it because I was about to watch. I was like, am I going to become a changed man? And you were just like, no. 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 <laughs> and it's 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 become, like I said, and like, you know, when I first heard about the movie, the scene that was the most infamous was, of course, the colostomy bag. Yeah. And that scene is horrible. It's brutal. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the disturbing scenes are so few and far between, really. Yeah. Like, when you start, like, breaking the ratio of, like, arts art house film yeah. to disturbing the art part way outweighs mm-hmm. the disturbing scene like there's only select set pieces of disturbing moments in like, the movie it, this movie was disturbing from start to finish or just or started real slow and then ramped for the like the last like hour and a half yeah like but it starts and stops so much mm-hmm. that it, it, it becomes really frustrating to me yeah and that's where I feel the movie falters more than anything. Is it start and go? Where it's like, you know, these people, in particular Melanie and Bianca, mm-hmm. the two lead females, um, once things start to get out of control, yeah, they should be concerned for their well-being. Mm-hmm. Especially when this guy brutally assaults this woman in a wheelchair. And they don't know anything about that either. And they don't care. That's the thing. It makes you think, do they have as much morality as them? And then maybe that's what Dora's getting at. But I don't feel like he does a very good job. Like, yeah. most of the time, Melly is kind of like a deer in headlights. Mm-hmm. Where it's like... Uh, it's sh- like, what's going on? Exactly. Even though, like, horrible shit's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Literally at points. <sighs> That shot. <laughs> um, to like, I don't know. It's it's a, it's not. I, I wrote in my notes. I hate this movie. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I feel like that's way too strong. It's not a bad movie. It's it, just a time consumer. It's time consuming. It's at points extremely boring. Some and, of the characters' motivations and just doesn't make sense. And it's very unclear. Yeah, very unclear in what they're... Like, the two leads, I feel pretty certain that they're just two people who just don't care. Like, I don't feel like they set out to commit murder. It's just, like, they're going to enjoy themselves no matter matter what it takes. takes. They're going to get their jollies anyway. (laughs) No matter if it's shitting on each other, raping, murder... Animal death, whatever it takes. The sorry, you just heard a shotgun across the entire goddamn house. A shotgun? Yeah, did you not hear that? No, I didn't. Okay, hear that. <laughs> I heard it. it was, Holy shit! It was like, I mean, we, we live in the woods. We live in the woods. 
It's also, what time is it? It shouldn't be shotguns right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's like one in the morning. And we're even shotguns. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll probably should watch out. Um, it's, it's still working after us. We're talking crap about this movie. No, but at the end, uh, it's not, it, it's a movie that if you are an extreme film fan. It's a must. You have to see it at least once. You gotta. Just to say you saw it. The, it, it's such an infamous. It's like Serbian film. It's so infamous. Which I do like that movie. It, we have different opinions on that film. Yeah. Which we will talk about Serbian film one of these days. We could do a good double feature of like a uh, Life and Death of the Porno Gang and Serbian film. We should do that. Yeah, it'd be a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we're talking about other episodes on the first episode. Um, God dang. But as a whole, I think Mariandora, uh, Angels Melancholy, it, it is a must at least once. You're probably not ever going to watch it again. I've seen it twice now, and don't feel the need to go a third, you know? I don't think I need to watch it again. If something comes up and I have to watch it again, Mm. of course I probably will. But if it comes down to it, I'm not watching this movie again for my own enjoyment. It is a beautiful movie, though. It it is. There's a lot of beautiful scenes (laughs) in this, a lot of imagery that's beautiful. And that's the weird thing about it, is if it had a Blu-ray, I would totally get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, just to see it on Blu-ray, to see how good it looked. It, my, my thing is, who's going to put this out? <laughs> Man, it still has, it has never gotten a Region 1 release. Like, it still hasn't. And I do feel that points of it, it has to do with the um, the animal death and, yeah. you know, shit like that. It has to be part of the reason. I mean, my, of course, I mean, there's great movies like Muzani that still have yet to get a Region 1 release. Yeah. You know, just because... Some of these foreign films just, they don't really have the audience, you know. Hmm. But I think if, if someone put out Angels Melancholy, I feel like they would do pretty well. Yeah. Something else I gotta say about, like, the animal death in this movie. I, I feel like I've been, like, talking about it a little too much, but it's something that really bothers me about Well, this yeah, movie. I mean, like, it's a big part of this movie. In yeah. particular, this movie. There's a lot of animal death mm-hmm. in this movie. There's more animal death in this movie than most movies. <sighs> to me... Those scenes with the animal death could easily be faked. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for God's sake, you 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 could easily just not do that. Yeah, but you could say about Cannibal Holocaust too. I mean, like it's a fair criticism of both those movies. Yeah. I just like Cannibal Holocaust as a movie better. You know. Yeah. Of course, that movie's not almost three hours long. Either. It's not three hours long. But that's the thing. It's like. Take a movie like Seven Samurai. Mm. That's a, like a three-hour-and-change movie. Mm. But I could watch that movie, not every day, because like it's a, it's a long party life. Oh, yeah. But I could watch that movie over and over again, because it's just a great story. It's a fantastically well... And that is a Kira it's an Kira, epic. That is a Kira Kurosawa, of course. So it's not necessarily fair to compare Mario Nord to Kira Kurosawa. Mm. However, you know, like a long movie is not a bad thing. It's a bad thing when it's boring. Yeah. Two and a half hours is too long if your movie is boring. Yeah, and th- there's parts in this movie that I, I can't say entertaining. Because, right. because how... I laughed at some of it. I can't help it. Because me and you have a dark sense of humor, let's be honest. Because me and you laugh at horrible... We do, we do. <laughs> but... In <laughs> the same time, there's stuff in this movie that legit pissed me off. And there's things in this movie that... I did chuckle at a little bit. It's an enigma of a movie. It really is. Like, it's hard to put a finger on what is good and what is bad, you know? Yeah, and I guarantee you there'll be somebody, maybe, that listens to this and whatnot, that's like, you know what? I disagree with you guys 100% with this movie. I think it's a perfect movie. Yeah, and that's great. 
Tell us why. Yeah, I yeah. love to I love to talk to somebody that absolutely loves this movie and to like break down everything about it because maybe they could open my eyes to some of the stuff I'm missing. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I never want. I'm never going to sit here and admit that I'm like the best and I understand film better yeah. than anybody else. Yeah, I don't. I'm not saying that either because I'm a I'm a southern boy with a small brain. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're, so, we're good old southern boys. And I ain't got a whole we, lot of education. <laughs> we don't know shit. <laughs> I can't read. I can't write. I got clip. Yeah, lazy ass. Sorry, that was a little reference of Filthy Frank. Shout out to him, I guess. Yeah, he's great. I don't think he needs a shout out. Yeah, he's, he's way more popular than we'll ever be. Probably. Right. Um, so at the end of wrapping up Angel's Melancholy, watch it. I mean, that's the only thing you can say. I mean, if you're listening to this, I mean, the only reason you probably listen to this is for because that. we like you're interested. You're interested in Mariandora, yeah. Just watch it and think about it. So before we uh, wrap this up, I don't know how long we've been going. Um, probably too long, but whatever. Uh, well, what's too long? Exactly. I mean, it's too long for a movie that's way too long. Right. Uh, <laughs> and I like long podcasts, so. Yeah. You know. Uh, to wrap it up, oh, talking about Andorra, the guy is such a fascinating mm. filmmaker. Like, he's, he's bold. Mm. He is fearless. And he is, is he, he is creative with his visuals. Oh yeah, you know. And with Angel's Melancholy, like I don't want anyone to think what I'm saying about him is bad. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm I personally not a fan of this movie. Yeah, but his other two movies that we discussed, I really enjoyed. Them. Right. I mean, to me, he is two out of three. Yeah, which you is. Know. Which that's pretty is, good. I mean, yeah. that's a good. That's 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 great. You know. And after watching the movies that I've seen by him, I'm definitely interested in seeing what else he has. Yeah, I'd love to see Debris' documentary. People say it's his nastiest movie ever. Oh God. Which I could only imagine how. <laughs> you know what I mean? Did they hit thirty minutes from. Do they cut out of this one and put in that one? No, he just like shits on a Bible for like twenty minutes. <laughs> um. So, I mean, he is just, he's so interesting, and I love his style, and I love his visuals, and, uh, you know, and I, at the end of the day, it's like, I've watched Angels Melancholy twice, can't say I'm a very big fan of it, mm-hmm. uh, however, I'm not disappointed that I watched it. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disappointed that I watched it. And there's it. points of it that I think about it, and I'm like, man, I really like that. Mm. That was cool. Yeah. It's just that the rest of the movie, I'm not, the, you know, there's mm. so much more of it that's like, eh. And there's scenes that I think about, and I'm like, man, that was that was interesting. It was really cool. And, uh, you know, my favorite of his, like, if I ranked, and you can do this as well, mm-hmm. it'd be Voyage Gate as Cannibal, Angel's Melancholy. Yeah. Top for me would be Cannibal. Mm-hmm. Second would be, uh, a really close second, like, neck and neck, would be Voyage Gate as, and, unfortunately, like, a real lower down is... Angel's Melancholy. Yeah. But... Check um, his movies. Check though. him out, though, for sure. He is a uh, he's a strange fella. His <laughs> movie in the in the two movies that we talked about before this one, I, I highly recommend. Yeah, they're watch. good. I mean, if you're into extreme cinema, they are definitely worth watching. And even with Campbell, if you're not into like a lot of extreme cinema and you're into like true crime, it's good. It gives you like almost. Don't like, let. The, the gay sex discourage you from watching this film. <laughs> Do not be afraid. Yeah, because it's, it's a good movie. It's a very good movie. If you are a straight male like us, do not be dis- discouraged. Yeah, just don't let it bother you. Because <laughs> it's good. It's very good. Mm-hmm. 
so I guess that's gonna do it for episode one of Sick on Cinema. Can't tell you can hear a lot of things on this. Thing. Yeah. Hopefully, when we do the second episode, we're gonna have mics and we're gonna sound great. <laughs> we sound way better than this, and yes. you can hear everything that goes on in yes. our walls. <laughs> but we already know what episode two is gonna be about. Oh, really? Oh. So if you wanna scoop these flicks up and watch them, and then come for episode two. Or if you just want to wait and listen to it and decide if you want to watch it from there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we're telling you about movies you've never seen before and you want to go hunt them out and watch them. And if you like us and you like what we're talking about, look, look all these movies. Look up. them up. Yeah. And smash that like button. <laughs> <laughs> Hit subscribe. Let's get to 20,000 likes on this video. <laughs> but anyways, uh, episode two will be uh, serial killer mockumentaries. And the movies we'll be discussing, can we say that? Yeah, we can say it. Uh, It's going to be... Man Bites Dog. Man Bites Dog, the Poughkeepsie Tapes, and I Am No One. I Am No One. I don't think that came through really well. I Am No One. I Am No One. (laughs) It's It's like ASMR, like... And Man Bites Dog is pretty easily defined. Mm-hmm. It's put out through Criterion. Yeah. Uh, I Am No One. It has a toe tag release. Mm-hmm. It's directed by Jason Hoover, who's an awesome independent filmmaker. Yeah. Poughkeepsie Tapes has never gotten a release. However, if you go looking for it, you'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not hard to find. It's not very, it's not very hard to find at all. And, uh, yeah, that's what, the, that's what episode two is going to be about. And, well, I guess this is us signing off. Yep. I Am John. I am Matt. And watch some sick movies. Yeah, boy.